here for episode 38. Brad, how are you doing today? I'm I'm doing well. We had our, our weekly today and a uh, little rainy, but nothing too bad to complain about. It wasn't cold and rainy, so I, I'm feeling good. Had a bad round, but you know, we all have bad rounds and we have to get over them and have a good one after. Absolutely. I suffered my, I made a friend suffer through with me. Uh, spent the week last week over in Atlanta uh, doing some work mm-hmm. and then like was playing decent disc golf while still working on my form. And then I had a round this week that, like I said, made a friend suffer through because it was like, oh, this is just, this is so bad. Uh, we're not doing anything mm-hmm. well. <laughs> hey, I, I feel that. So, Hey, but you know, overall, I think we're both improving. Hopefully the listeners, you're improving as you're getting what to do and what not to do equally from our podcast. So I'm excited for this week. We, I mean, we're kind of revisiting some slots in the bag now, but um, I think again, for me personally, selfishly, it's really making me rethink these slots and like, Hey, do I have something that covers this or am I kind of in between? Is it something I need or is it something I don't need? So, um, I'm looking forward to today's yeah, episode. And I, I think that's going to happen, right? Like that's, that's kind of, as the show evolves, as we, we learn on this podcast, it's going to be worlds of, Hey, there, there are only so many options when it comes to putting discs mm-hmm. in someone's bag. Uh, and at 38 attempts at doing this. And if we count what we've had three reunion episodes, two reunion episodes. Yeah. So two, yeah. we're 36 chances uh, to try to fix some stuff. So we're going to revisit some stuff. And I think eventually we will end up with you even trying some of the same discs again. So I'm excited for that possibility mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, we kind of did that today. One of the discs I actually bag and I threw it against another one. But here's the beauty of it. I tried it at a different plastic and a different weight. So, but all those things, all the variables are coming into play. I love it. Well, hey, without further ado, let's bring in our guest. Welcome to In the Bag, Mr. Franklin. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing pretty well. Come Glad on. to have you on. Come on. Well, Franklin, I, I'm i not going to lie to you. As I'm looking through the literal hundreds of applications that we have, your bag stands out among many. Uh, and so we, we asked Franklin before we started recording, hey, do you listen to the show? And he said he's a weekly listener. And so I have to ask... Was your bag always like this, or has it kind of molded into this as you've watched the show? Uh, so I've started playing uh, back in like 2008, 2009, okay. and my uh, brothers uh, were the ones to introduce me to it. And I didn't start competitively playing or like I uh, more on a weekly basis playing until about 2019 after watching Paul McBeth uh, win his fifth world title. So I got front row seats for the 18th pole. It was really awesome to see. So, wow. That's uh, great. Yep. Uh, so, but beyond that, I, my brothers had a lot of big influence on building my bag and especially the cycling because we kind of entered into that era of where, you know, KC rocks and just different uh, discs from Innova were always about cycling your molds. And so that's why uh, my bag was structured the way it was. Uh, and a lot of the discs that you see in it currently have been because of the In the Bag podcast. Awesome. Okay. Well, we appreciate the trust and it's it's exciting to see someone who like, so you've got, I think it's eight molds, uh, something like that. Yeah. 
you have eight yep. molds over 20 discs, which is super fascinating. But before we dive into your bag, I don't want to spoil that too much. Uh, we want to get to know you as a player, Franklin. So uh, you answered the first one, which is awesome, and how long you've been playing. So you've actually been playing longer than me, um, and I love that. Definitely I, me. Yeah, I joined you in that, like, played for several years, and then finally was like, oh, I should, like – not not take this seriously but like actually try to get good uh and improve and play in competition stuff like that so love to hear that mm -hmm. uh when we talk about your game itself how far if you were to step up to a hole how far do you feel like you throw average backhand distance and how far do you throw forehand distance on controlled golf shots yeah so my backhand distance uh is around 370 and my forehand distance is around 200 250 somewhere in there so. okay awesome awesome that's i mean that seems to be we I, we have a lot less guests come on that have the like forehand dominance wouldn't you say brad yeah definitely it's definitely a rare trait for our guests yeah, and I feel like if you're a guest of ours that comes on and you're like, oh, by the way, I throw a 300-plus foot forehand, it's like you are really the anomaly. So yep. uh, that's fantastic. I think a lot of people can relate to those numbers, Franklin. Uh, and then our next question is we get you on the putting green. We line you up. You got 10 putters at 15 feet, 10 putters at 25 feet, 10 putters at 30 or 50, 40 feet. Wow, that was tough. Uh, I've asked this question 38 times and I still <laughs> failed. Uh, 15, 25, and 40. Franklin, how many are you hitting at each station? Uh, so 15 feet, I probably make 60% of those, so six out of the 10. And then uh, 25 feet, I will probably drop to about. 40% and then 40 feet, I'll probably make like one. So, okay. If any. Okay. So putting is not like what, what is the strength of your game? Would you say? Uh, the strength of my game, I definitely would say is upshots. Uh, I was like that overall, I tend to have a Greg Bardsby type of, uh, I have an open stance towards the basket. And then uh, something I've been trying to incorporate from overthrow disc golf is uh, kind of a pendulum and sea bass uh, arm swing. I was like, yeah. well, I'm, uh, you know, looking at the basket just to create accuracy. And so I feel like I have a lot of success on my approaches. Yeah. Absolutely. And mm -hmm. I, I've seen that open stance. I mean, the open stance is fantastic. It's always funny, uh, like playing with overthrow, uh, you'll see you have, so you, Josh, obviously the, the teacher, the coach Mikey behind the camera, mm -hmm. it's always fun because Mikey voices the exact things that Josh has taught him while he's doing it. So like Josh will stand or Mikey will stand there and be like, all right, I'm going open stance on this. And he'll like talk through the motions and be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like just fantastic. Love to see mm -hmm. it. So mm -hmm. uh that open stance definitely has some wind to it. Um, awesome. Well, dude, without further ado, let's dive into your bag. We're gonna be talking about fairway drivers, actually, in your bag. Um, so another thing that I really appreciate about your bag is you have a lot of manufacturers represented. Mm -hmm. So you have mm -hmm. some gyro. Uh, I say a lot now that I look at it. It's really two uh, because you've got gyro and prodigy. Mm. And so, we got some Valkyrie. Oh, Valkyrie's are there. Yeah, we got cast the blast with yeah. the Berg. Okay, so I'm got... a liar. It is indeed actually a lot of manufacturers. <laughs> we were there the first time. So talking about cast a blast, you got 
three, not one, not two, three bergs in the bag. <laughs> what do you use the bergs for? Uh, so the K2 berg that I have has become my primary approach disc. I used to use a K3 uh, in that spot. Uh, until I realized that the uh, K3 plastic, I don't really care for as much on a fan grip. Uh, the K2, I can really dig my thumb into on a fan grip. Uh, the Glow one, that's my uh, only ace disc. I uh, had two aces on it. Uh, they were only like 150 feet a piece. So I was like, you might not call them an ace at that point, but still you know, for me, still counts. yeah. So for me that, you know, that's my only ace disc. I throw that one mainly off the tee. Uh, it's the most reliable. The K3's gotten pretty beat up to where it, it wants to drift a little bit if I throw it really hard uh, to the right. So, uh, and then other than that, uh, it's a throw in, you know, chasing the chains disc for me. Okay. Awesome. Uh, now, this is going to be a self serving question. If I were to, per chaps, be playing in a Berg only tournament about seven days from now what type of plastic i'm going to be playing in possibly snow conditions uh so it's going to be cold what type of plastic am i looking to i throw in the berg i would say if i had to count it up like eight times so <laughs> what type of plastic should i get for a berg only tournament i only get one disc yeah so for the colder temperatures, definitely the K2. Uh, it's, I would compare it most to G-Star uh, from Innova. So uh, with just the cast of plastic signature plastic. So I uh, was like, great uh, mold, great uh, plastic and so on and so forth. But then uh, K3 is really tacky. So that would also work really well in the uh, wet conditions. So Okay. Awesome. So you advise against the K1 Soft? No, the K1 Soft is the K1 Soft is what I meant. If I didn't compare okay. that to the G Star, yeah, and then okay. uh, not the K1. So K1 Soft and then the uh, K3 would be the two that I'd recommend. Stay away from the K1. Okay, perfect. That is what I'll do then. Uh, so appreciate <laughs> it uh, for the advice. Now back to the back. So you got three proxies in there. Uh, Brad, have we had you throw a proxy yet? Oh, I, you haven't, but, but you I throw them. shout out galactic disc dies or Galact dies. I believe is the correct word. He sent me the most sick eclipse died Gengar proxy that you've ever seen. So mm. shout out. I told him I'd give him a shout out, but yes, I've thrown the proxy and I'm very interested to hear. I'm assuming these are your putting putters. You're putting with proxies. No, I'm actually putting with a Rico uh, from Castaplast. Okay. Okay. That makes more sense. I was very curious. So uh, your proxies, go ahead with them. What are you using those for in your bag if you're not putting with them? Yeah, so the proxy made it in around November of this year, so around Thanksgiving, and it was because of In the Bad Bag podcast. Uh, and... Uh, for me, it's just a really straight putter. Uh, I got a neutro Neutron Soft proxy to start off uh, the uh, collection. And uh, 
that one's just dead straight and it, i feel like it fits a spot of where i can cycle my distortion because my distortion will eventually beat in to what a proxy is out of the box and then the proxy will kind of fill more of the understable category mm-hmm. so that's what i felt because the reason i took the ricos because i used to throw them out of the bag was the kind of the blunter thicker bullet i edge that the rico has i didn't really like it since i power gripped my throwing putters and uh, the proxy was similar in profile to distortion i i could have gone an envy route when adding that into the bag but i chose not to do that since uh, a few of my other brothers were already on the envy hype and so that's why i went with the proxy okay okay yeah, it's, I'm. I'm going to be very curious. So if you just put this in in November, I'm going to be very curious to see the Neutron Soft proxy, mm-hmm. how long it lasts. Because how I describe a Neutron Soft Envy is that it's everything a proxy wants to be, because it's very understable, very beat in, like Heiser flips beautifully, absolute laser. Uh, so I'll be curious to see does that proxy become too flippy uh for you and at that point i might look at maybe a plasma proxy or a um neutron proxy to balance mm-hmm. off of that electron proxy for just a little less overstability. yeah so i do have an electron proxy kind of taking in like an understable slot currently and then i do have an eclipse proxy kind of filling more of a uh, overstable kind of like just a little bit of variance not like by too much but just a little bit okay i was going to ask you your eclipse proxy that because that's what i'm bagging right now um Mm -hmm. do you feel like it's like that very very like it'll handle some torque you can put a little heat on it and it'll still stay very straight and maybe with a tiny bit of finish or what's it like for you yeah i definitely describe it as a very straight with a little bit of finish i can get a little bit of turn out of my neutron soft but for the most part it will finish dead straight if i put it maybe on like the babyest of hyzer okay yeah and that because because what i'm worried about is my eclipse envy does not fly like an eclipse envy it's very beat in and like that eclipse proxy is like almost off the shelf where my eclipse envy is so i'm trying to maybe compare the two and you know put a quote-unquote real envy in the bag and not just this beat up one so good to hear Mm -hmm. yeah so i you talked about your distortion one day is going to beat in to do that i'm very curious because it looks like you bag a premium plastic distortion but then you've got two base plastic a3s in the bag so what's kind of the difference between the two a3s and the distortion yeah so the a3 was uh my original kind of uh, utility forehand or even backhand overstable approach disc uh when i was using the a3 though I uh, noticed that it would skip a lot. And so when KJ came out with the distortion and he advertised it with uh, less skip off of the ground than what the A3 would be, I knew immediately that I had to try it out. I was throwing a zone, you know, years back, but I felt like the glide on the zone was not what I wanted. I felt like every time I had to throw it, I had to muscle it to get it to feel like it was going anywhere. So the distortion, I feel like it has a little bit more glide and a lot of people would uh, confuse that with a little bit less overstability. So I was like, for me, that was where the distortion kind of fits in really nicely. And then the A3s are when I want ground play and they also have a little bit more stability than the distortion does. And so that's where they tend to fit in. 
the reason I went with a base plastic in the A3 is because I don't feel like the premium plastics beat in fast enough for how overstable they are. So I wanted to just have an A3 that I could, uh, out of the box, could throw really nicely, and then I can beat it into a really glidey, overstable midrange type deal. And that's another thing. I use them kind of as a utility midrange as well. Okay. Yeah, we we were vending at the Battle for Bedford, and there were like three or four upbeaten A3s and like 300 plastic in the used bin. And we were just kind of bored in between rounds. And I started throwing those on forehand, and it was like astounding how far those things went with still some overstability at the end of the flight. They're very beaten, obviously. So I definitely can mm -hmm. echo that. Like they felt great. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. And I, I like that you're, you said you were using them as an overstable utility kind of mid range. Mm -hmm. uh, Cause that definitely, that was my curiosity looking at the discs you have in your bag. So I can see that filling that slot. I, I'd be very curious so you've got two in the bag. I I wonder if you move down to just having the one. Uh, like if they are they too similar in flight for you right now? Because I think that's like, especially when I talk to people about cycling and all that. Like the the hard part is is that having two of the same disc in the bag, if they don't do unique enough functions in themselves, we can not only like create some decision making issues, but it also leads to one of them is not going to get beat in very fast because you're kind of cycling them at the same time, which is going to cause mm -hmm. you to not have more unique shots in the bag as fast. So do they already do kind of different things? Yeah, no, for sure. sure. So my white one that I have in the bag, I've had it in the bag for around two years, I would say now. Okay. Uh, that one tends to, when I put it on hyzer, it will kind of drift to flat but still have a really uh, A3 overstable finish. And then I have a purple one that's in 350 that uh, is brand new. So it, I put it on hyzer, it will hold the hyzer. I put it flat, it will stay flat and finish. So. Okay, awesome. Cool, cool. Well, dude, sounds like there's a lot of balance there. I love, yeah, I, it's just whenever you see that many putters in the back, uh, as a putter thrower myself, Brad, a putter man himself, mm -hmm. it's it's just always worth asking like the, okay, let's dive in. Let's see all the intricacies of that. The mid ranges, uh, based on how you've described those, uh, or your putters, I'm going to assume that your mid ranges are just kind of longer versions of like what you can get out of your proxies and what you're getting, like not as overstable of your a threes. So I want to spend a little bit of time focusing on, I want to jump to drivers real fast and then I want to come back to fairways. So, for drivers, you got two D model S's in the bag. Very unique bag. Uh, if I were to think about all the people that have ever come through the shop that I work in, all the people we've had in the bag, all the birdie fam reviews I've done, I think I can literally name two people that have ever had a D model S in their bag. So I am highly interested. What does the D model S for do for you? Yeah. So. I recently was going through the distance drivers and uh, trying to find uh, what really works for me because I, you know, kind of foreshadowing the Valkyrie is my farthest flying uh, disc. So okay. the distance drivers is kind of a niche category for me. It's more or less if I want ground play uh, slash if I'm just trying to, you know, really 
hammer one out there because the, there's a little bit of wind and I just want to try to get, you know, as much potential as possible, but it's never a guarantee. So D model S is a very in the uh, ProFlex plastic because I have one in ProFlex and one in base grip. The ProFlex is just a dead straight kind of glidey uh, distance driver. I would compare it to how Innova is advertising the charger right now. Uh, how they call it an in-between the Shrike and a Destroyer. So I'd kind of say that the D Model S fits right in that same kind of cat category. It's, you know, dead straight like a Destroyer would be with a healthy finish, but it's kind of glidey and is super straight. Okay. Awesome. Sick. Well, then let's just jump right into the Valkyrie then. Uh, you were talking yeah. about those. So uh you've got three valkyries in your bag what's kind of the differences between those three valkyries so i should have four in the bag i don't know if i submitted that incorrectly but uh, i have a halo one that's kind of my uh you know straight and reliable it holds whatever angle i put it on uh, i have a yellow star one that one is a little bit flippy to the right it will drift and then it will fade and then i have my uh, trusty red Valkyrie. That one, I can put it on a, a steep hyzer. It will flip to flat. It will start to uh, drift right for a little bit and then slightly finish to the, like a neck neutral flight. Uh, and I have a G star one that's like a replica of that because if I lost that red star Valkyrie, then I, you know, would be kind of like, oh, you know, I got to lean on this F5 a little bit more because those are kind of flippy, but uh, those can get kind of uh, squirrely in the wind. So, okay. Very nice. Well, so when you need that, like looking at that, all of those, I think are, they're great discs. Uh, I love the F5. I think it's mm -hmm. fantastic. Underrated by a lot of people. I think because we watch KJ being the predominant thrower of the F5, people think the F5 is flippier than it like actually is um, because of how he uses that disc. So mm -hmm. I'm with you on, you'd have to lean on it a little more, very Valkyrie-esque, maybe not as much stability. Uh, so what we had you do is there's a, there's a jump over to the left side of the graph and seeing that sort of guaranteed over stability kind of slot. Uh, mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. what I like is you talked about the drivers are just kind of in the bag is utility for ground play. And I'm mm -hmm. curious, Brad, if we mm -hmm. can fill that slot with a slower disc. So we just remove the temptation of the like, not even temptation, but like you don't even have to have something as fast as the D model S in there, which is going to get even more squirrely with nose angle and all that. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm happy to see this because, again, I don't see these charts until like right before the podcast. But I, I immediately was like, dang, these discs really need to go in, in his bag. I think really I think either one, but definitely one of them like kind of sticks out and i'm curious robbie what questions you have for me but you're saying the valkyries like your farthest flying disc well these are both nine speeds as well so now you can have a, a far a farther flying version of maybe your d model s or maybe something a little bit more overstable to get ground play or handle in the wind while not sacrificing distance absolutely so brad what discs do we have you try today all right well we have one i've tried in the past here so we have uh thunderbird and then we also tried the FX2 from Prodigy as well, and 500 plastic and the Thunderbird and Star. I have not tried the Thunderbird and any any other plastic really than Halo. I have two Halo ones in my bag. So, 
And then Prodigy, I haven't thrown a lot of Prodigy. I've thrown some M4s and a few different discs, but it was interesting to, and I see why Robbie had me throw a Prodigy because you're a Prodigy guy. Yeah. So you took these out to the field, threw them on backhand. How are they behaving on backhand? Um, just as I would hope. I mean, they're, they do. I mean, they are flying differently. These are. I don't think this is a class where these discs are the same. Uh, obviously, the flight numbers are a little different, and I think it definitely shows. Uh, the Star Thunderbird definitely a little less understable than the or not a little less stable than the Halo Thunderbird I currently bag, which is really nice. I know that I've said before on podcasts the Halo Thunderbird is flying a lot like my beat-in Vulture. Um, this Star one flew even more like similar off the shelf. So that's encouraged me. You know, it has that nice, like, for me, I, I throw a little on uh, Anheuser. I'm, again, trying to correct that. But this just goes very straight. And then at the at the end, it gives me a nice overstable finish with some ground play. So it's it's like one I can trust, like, through a gap. or in a, But I still need to get left. Or I need to go straight and get left. Um, it definitely will stay in the air a little bit. And I can get some distance with it, which is why I like the Vulture and the Thunderbird. Um, FX2... On backhand, I mean, this is a four glide versus a five, and typically, I mean, glides here or there, I think it's like very subjective, but FX2 definitely didn't want to stay in the air as long for me and definitely had more ground play. It was definitely more overstable for me. I mean, you could, I definitely see where you could flex this because it does have that negative one turn, so you can get it to flex a little bit. And I did see that if I let, let it go on Anheuser a little too much, but it's coming way back to the, the left for me. It's definitely uh, has an overstable finish with some ground play. So I think that's where they kind of differ. Mm. Okay. Uh, did you try them on Anheuser's at all? Yeah, a, a little bit. Like, again, because I think you can definitely flex these, uh, use them as like a flex shot to get around something. Uh, FX2, I think, is probably a little superior in that because it does allow that little bit of turn, whereas the Thunderbird, I feel like I had to hit it a little harder on Anheuser personally to get it to flex. Okay. That's so fascinating. Okay. Yeah. Very, very curious just in terms of. Yeah. But I will say this, the Thunderbird definitely holds the line farther or longer. You know what I mean? It's like a more gentle yeah. versus the FX two is more of like that, like hard S turn. Yeah. Once it, once it comes out of it, it is, it really comes out of it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Sayonara. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Now, Franklin, before I ask Brad this question, do you throw any when you're going for your like your max distance forehand? What disc are you throwing for forehands? So, one disc that I did have in the bag uh, was an Eagle a long time ago. Uh, I raved by that, kind of cycled it a little bit. Uh, that was my go-to forehand disc. Uh, I just felt like the glide on the Eagle was uh, starting to fail me when I was trying to push it. Uh, a little bit further, uh, especially when I'm getting closer to that, like 350, you know, 370 range. So I uh, decided to actually try out a Thunderbird. Uh, and the only reason that I've taken the Thunderbird out of the back was because of the fact that when I was testing it against the D Model S and a few other distance drivers, uh, it was coming out really inconsistently out of my hand, early releases, late releases, uh, just something about the wing and the shallowness of the Thunderbird. I uh, didn't actually, uh, you know, suit my grip very well. So I decided to put in a MVP Terra. 
because I know we didn't uh, touch on that. So I uh, I have that in the bag currently to kind of fill an, a more Firebird-esque slot. I don't have okay. something that's kind of pushing straighter uh, in the bag currently. So I... Uh, Overall, is like, you know, uh, right now I'm kind of working with a Tesla kind of from MVP uh, since one of my brothers had some extras of those to kind of fill that more niche spot between the Valkyrie and the Terra on forehands potentially. But overall, I was like, uh, I didn't ever try a Star uh, Thunderbird. I had a G-Star one and a Luster one. So I was like, uh, maybe that could fill a different niche. But overall, I just know when I was do testing the Luster, you know, Thunderbird out in the field, it was kind of misreleasing at times. So, mm -hmm. Yeah, I think definitely the Thunderbird has that straight push before the overstable finish. The FX2 does just, I don't, personally for me, I couldn't get the distance like the glide wasn't there for me. So maybe it's just a different, I was just feeling as you're talking about that. Um, I see what you're think you're saying about the Thunderbird. It, I wouldn't call it shallow by any means. See, to me, the Terra, like I have a Terra kind of like in my bag to test out for like that spot, but the Terra is very shallow for my, my hands anyway. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, the FX2 is definitely a little deeper than the Thunderbird. I was just trying to take that in consideration. I didn't think mm -hmm. about that when I was throwing it, but now that you mentioned it, the FX2 is definitely a little deeper than the Thunderbird. Yeah. So, Brad, my my question to you would be, hearing kind of all of that, is there a disc that you feel like jumps out? Or is it even like, hey, we maybe it's not the this thunderbird it's a halo thunderbird or whatever because you've now like you have the you have the inside scoop on mm -hmm. that mold seeing it now in a couple different plastics as well well i just seeing the chart in general without even hearing any background like my recommendation was the fx2 um now that you said that about the grip and thinking about the turn a little bit too what kind of release do you have on your forehands is it more of a flat release highs release and highs release uh, it definitely tends to be a little bit more on the hyzer to flat release. So. Okay. See, because I'm also thinking as like a, a pushing, like kind of a forehand disc as well. I think the FX2 could probably fit a forehand disc for you and yeah. a backhand disc for you. Um, so that with that little bit of turn, and that's what I always liked about like the Thrasher, for instance, on forehand, is it gave me, because I have a, a hyzer release on my forehand as well it gave that little bit of turn so i could almost flip it up or encourage it to go very straight for longer mm. so um that's kind of where i'm leading i'm a little bummed that you didn't like the feel of the thunderbird because i think the shot you're describing is probably more easily achieved by the thunderbird but um if you i mean if you don't like the feel of it you don't like <laughs> the feel of it that's where i am with a lot of this so that's yeah, just kind of yeah. how it is um so i think I think the FX2 is probably, if you're willing to try it out um, on both forehand and backhand, I think it fits a, several different slots for you. And I, I've said this before, like I'm a bigger fan of recommending a disc that has multiple shots for you versus one shot. So that's kind of where, mm -hmm. I, where I am with it. Me personally, Prodigy is nothing against you. I just don't love the feel of Prodigy plastic. <laughs> um, I think they make really good molds. Like I think the FX3 is really good. I think the H7 is a really good mold. There's a, you know, I think the Distortion's a great disc too. You have one of those, but they're not for me. 
Um, so you're already used to the plastic and where you, what you might find since you've kind of adopted the mold minimalization, I mean, you're going to get this FX2 and if you love it, then you can, uh, this is 500 plastic. You can try it and 400 plastic and really see what kind of additional shots it gives you. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So Franklin, is this a disc that if we send it to you, you'd be willing to try out and come back on in a future episode to kind of let us know like big whiff or, uh, Hey, this actually does kind of work for me. Yeah, no, for sure. I definitely would like to try the FX2. Okay, that's great. We'll send it out to you. Um, I'll be very curious of your your feedback. And again, I think it's going to give you, again, pulling that D Model S down, if you will, so you're not sacrificing distance, but it's going to give you the, maybe the same type of flight, maybe a little, that little bit of like ground play you're looking for and overstability yeah. in the wind. So, For sure. Awesome. Well, Franklin, dude, Thank you for coming on. Uh, always appreciate having new guests and we really, yeah, I, I think one of my favorite parts about this entire interview has been just, there's a lot of thought you can tell that's gone into why you have the discs in your bag. So it's like, it's, it's a tough, I, I'm going to be honest. I'm very curious for the feedback when you try this disc, because when someone's put this much thought into their bag to have strangers come in and try to like adjust it, always is a tricky job on the strangers and yep. so i i think there's a very real chance we whiff but i also think there's a very real chance that we hit a spot exactly so uh very excited to have you on for a reunion episode man yeah we appreciate it yeah this was great man i i'm telling you brad it is like it's so when when you bring guests on you really have all I have are basically for those of you who have not submitted like an application, I have a look at your bag. I have basically some of the same questions that we ask in terms of interviewing you. Mm -hmm. Um, and then we leave room for like, is there anything else you want to tell us? So it's always when you see a bag, you have some people that are like, this look cool. I decided to put it in. And then you have others that are like, Franklin, in terms of I have dove into the K1 soft I've dove into and I just didn't like how I hand feel of it. And like, it's always so fascinating mm -hmm. trying to do what we're doing here. Um, so I, I just want to apologize for future guests. If like we do with completely or, uh, like, yeah, if you've thought through your back, uh, that's, I appreciate it a lot. It makes it, it makes for, a, I think a really interesting conversation. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Like as we just kind of learn along the way well i think it's it's a big compliment for people who have been listening for a long time and they're like applying some of the things we're talking about i think it's a big compliment for sure we appreciate you all taking that feedback but i think sometimes it's just as important to know what you don't like versus what you do like so mm. even if it's a hey this didn't work for me but it made me try this i think that's still a win and that's probably i don't know i think it's really 50 50 with this disc i mean i think the fx2 could possibly be everything he wants but it also could be nothing he wants it's going to be a win or a fail there's not a middle that's fair that's fair well you know if it isn't what he wants there's a place he can find other alternatives at foundationdisc.com so brad what's new in the warehouse uh let's see so we did all of our pre-selling of the new simon hex so thanks for everyone who pre-sold that uh or pre-purchased that um Keep an eye out. So this is on the 19th we're shooting this. On the 20th, the pre-sales go up for all the Paul Macbeth uh, six-claw uh, discs as well. So 
Um, keep an eye. Those are going to go live at midnight. So by the time you hear this, they may all be sold out. I apologize. But uh, if not, just go on and take a look at it. Um, you'll be able to pre-sell all of or pre-purchase all of those discs as well. I'm excited to get, get those in, get our hands on those. Uh, let's see. We have uh, Mason Ford Diamondbacks that have just went up on the site. Come we on. Re- restocked our gateway. We restocked our MVP, although that went very quickly after the sale we had last weekend. But still a lot of good stuff on there. Octanes, NVs, Craves, you know, you name it. We have about everything uh, except for hexes and proxies. So check those out. Uh, the two biggest things are um, foundation care. If you haven't heard about foundation care, make sure you check that out. Basically, Absolutely. you're getting a risk-free trial on a new disc, new plastic, new manufacturer for 30 days. You throw it on the field you, in the course. You don't love it. You send it back. We pay for the shipping, and you get to exchange for a disc of uh, the same value on the store. So very easy. You just add the foundation care on uh, checkout uh, on our website. So make sure you check that out. Also, if you haven't uh, heard about our subscription boxes, make sure you check those out as well. This month is the Brody box. So a special gift from Brody in there as well as some disc he recommends and why he um, why he throws them. So make sure you check those out, especially if you're a Discraft fan or someone who wants to try some discs that Brody enjoys. So make sure you, again, you can find that all on foundationdisc.com. Yeah, and who knows? You're going to try this disc that Brody throws. You're going to be throwing 700,000 feet like Brody throws. You're going to be like, man, this disc is so good. you got to keep it in the bag. Well, until next time, we'll see you.